episode 59. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. Today we're traveling across the pond to my beloved Londoners, but we're visiting with Millie Manders today. And she's going to tell us all about her new EP, Obsession Transgression, and all about holding Teddy too tight. So strap up your seatbelts, and let's go for a ride. Hello. Millie Manders. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. How did you get everything you needed? Um, I believe so. Yes. Did you we'll get, soon find out? Did you get fresh spinach? No, but I did get fresh <laughs> parsley. Parsley. Oh, okay. That's just as good. You got to put it into pasta, right? <laughs> right. So, how's your day going? Yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Your voice sounds good. Uh, Your speaking voice is as lovely as your singing voice. Oh, thank you so much. That's such a nice thing to say. Yeah, so uh, welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Such a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you. I'm I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, you know, and I got to ask you, did your record just come out like last month? Yes, the 20th of November. Yeah, that's right. Wow, look at me getting an exclusive almost. <laughs> this is a first time ever. Uh, how timely. This is just great. It's so, pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. I was listening to you uh, last night and this morning. So uh, congratulations on your EP coming out. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So uh, the, um, the title is Obsession Transgression, right? That's correct, yeah. So give me this story on how did you come up with that and why? Okay. um, The songwriting process, I just ended up writing um, lyrics particularly for that track that was um, to do with image and the obsession that we have with our image and um, how how media today kind of feeds into our own insecurities and, and makes us feel like we, we're never good enough for, for the images that they want to project. Um, and so the, the transgression part of it is the fact that we keep slipping back into these horrible patterns and, um, you know, young women of today are, are more insecure than they ever have been about who they are. Um, and so that's, that's what the, the, the song was about particularly. But also, uh, the EP in general deals with several things that, that deal with either obsession or possession. Um, and so it fitted really as a title for the, the group of songs as well as the title track. Wow. So what made you, what influenced you to do this? Because this is really big of you to do this. Um, I, I often end up writing songs about things that I observe and, and often they come back to, to things that I deal with your own, my own demons too. Um, so you can look at any of the songs as sort of an, a perspective looking at society and, and at people as they are, but also that it's much more introverted than that. I'm, I'm dealing with things that I've had to cope with um, and still do to whatever extent. So let me ask you this, Millie. Do you feel like that kind of handcuffs an artist? It like takes away from, it's almost a distraction, right? Um, you know, the it, fact that you have to pay so much attention to your look and how you present yourself and, and you know, do you feel like that's in some way, uh, you know, compromises the value of your true art, artistic value? 
No, not at all. I mean, okay. um, you have to you have to accept the fact that if you're you're going into any business. Um, as an artist, you're not you're not just an artist. You're also a brand, um, right. and you're you're displaying yourself as something that needs to be recognisable in an industry. Otherwise, you will very much get lost amongst the voices. Right. Um, so no, to to some extent, I have to brand myself and I have to be conscious about my image. But I choose to very much do that on my own terms now. Um, I I. I obviously have insecurities, everybody does, but I don't want to be somebody that's constantly being told that they have to wear this type of image because that's synonymous with that type of music or um, you need to be more girly or this or that. Um, okay, yeah, yes. that's what I was getting to is yeah. like, so, so in other words, as an artist, you really need to discover who you are and work yeah. on that. Yeah, absolutely. You have to yeah. be comfortable with yourself. Yes, have an image, have something that's recognizable as an image as an artist, but don't don't feel forced to um, stray from who you are and who you want to be um, just because it might fit a social norm. Because more often than not, the people that truly are recognizable are the ones that buck against social norms. Right. So you know who you are. How long did it take you to find Millie? I would say I'm still discovering me every day. Okay. Um, I think that's that's a lifelong journey, but I'm becoming happier with myself as my life goes on and hopefully that will continue so but it, but at some point you in your career said to yourself ah i got this i i'm gonna be you know i i tapped into and you know doing it through your music and your look and everything did yeah. you have like a certain moment where you said okay now now i've got my my hands around this i need to reel it in um, yeah, I think over the last couple of years, uh, that's that's kind of been a gradual thing for me, discovering how I want to present myself. Um, but actually, more so, it's been people coming in and saying, you should do this or you should dress this way that has solidified my... Um, it's, it's made me absolutely with conviction know that that's not how I want to be. I, I don't want to be told that I have to be a certain way to be commercially viable. Um, and so that's where this kind of, I'm comfortable with who I am. And I know that I've branded myself the way I want to be. And so that's, that's not going to change now. So you were following your internal compass and saying you knew it was not right for you and what didn't work yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's great. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's kind of an advantage too. <laughs> At least if you know which doesn't fit and what you don't like, it can keep you on the path to what is good for you and what is authentic yeah absolutely yeah. I, I i believe so here's a here's a quote high octane fierce bursting with attitude <laughs> and almost obnoxiously addictive <laughs> <laughs> i love that you know and because i when i see your picture i go oh yeah i get this girl this is really cool <laughs> so hey Thank let's you. let's take a swing at uh obsession transgression let's play a little track here and see listen to millie manders here we go Please, please. 
So Millie, tell me about that track. That's your lead track. That's your title track of the EP. So um, give me a little bit about the production on that. Who's who's working with you on this? Um, so the three of the songs on the EP, Bacchus, Long Gone, and Obsession Transgression, was written between three people, myself, Chris Benning, and James Moser. And Chris was the, the guy that recorded and mixed the EP or, or most of most of the tracks um, on on the CD, um, and he <clears throat> he did the mixing as well. Uh, mastering, we went to a gentleman called Ian Shepherd, um, who also mixed Culture Club, um, and so we were very lucky to to get in touch with him. But um, yeah, it was very much um, an independent production thing. Really, um, we had a pledge campaign, which was very successful. Um, but very small budget, so um, a lot of the, the the money that we had went into the packaging, the artwork, um, getting a, a decent mastering engineer, and Chris James and I worked on, on all of the production and the recording and mixing in-house, so it was really good fun. Great. Now, are you working with a band, or is this session people or friends, or how did you put the, the tracks together with the um, the rest of the people on the tracks? Um, at the point when we were recording it, um, I have a solid band. I've I've got um, a guitarist, bassist, and drummer who I've been working with since early January this year. Um, but the saxophonist and trumpet player came in as session musicians for this particular CD. We now have a saxophonist. Um, I also play alto sax, um, and we're currently looking for a trumpet player to join our team. Um, but the, the trumpet that you hear on the EP is a, a gentleman called Dave Medland. Um, he's a fantastic musician, and he, he tours with a band called the Dub Pistols. Uh-huh. Um, and Micah is the tenor sax player that you can hear on there. Um, and he is one of those amazing musical protégés that makes you sick that he's got so much talent. He can pick up pretty much any instrument and play it perfectly. And tenor sax is just one of those. Um, so I was incredibly lucky to, to be able to pull in some favours. They, they, um, they came in and worked really hard. Um, I think Dave's mouth was pretty much blown to pieces by the time he came out of the studio that day. <laughs> but, you know, the, the richness of, of the horn lines that they've put together and, and on that CD for me is, is amazing. And I'm so really, you, really happy. So uh, you keep everybody in line, though, because you're a horn player and a singer. <laughs> That's ruling the roost, girl. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, you're not going to pull anything over on me, you guys. You know, I don't care if you got charts in front of you. I, I, I know what I'm doing here. So. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Are you comfortable with the handle punk pop singer songwriter? Does that bother you or are you cool with it? Oh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'd say that um, what we do as a, as a unit is pretty much cross-genre punk. I mean, um, there's a lot of pop elements into it. There's a lot of ska elements, hip-hop, all sorts of things. But, you know, um, the social consciousness of it and the gritty guitars and sometimes screamy vocals um, brings it straight back to punk anyway. I, you know, yeah. I've, got, I've got no issue with any genre. I think um, you'll be able to find at least one song in any genre of music that you're going to enjoy and, and absolutely love. Right. So... Yeah. Are you um? Are, were you born in London? Is that like your home, or like where whereabouts are you in the UK? Um, I was born just on the outskirts of London, um, in Greater London, a place uh -huh. called Chertsey. Uh, okay. I grew up until I was seventeen, um, on in a tiny little town called Lowestoft. It's the most easterly town in the UK, um, a little fishing village. And then I came back to London to study performing arts 
um, when I was 17 and I haven't I haven't gone back since I've had my whole adult life in London and I feel very much at home here wow little girl from the little village with the big voice coming to London <laughs> and the world that's cool so also your parents like were into music right so that's how you so. got kind of the vibe going through your soul yeah absolutely um my mum was musical when she was younger she used to play the flute when she was um when she was a lot younger um my dad has always had a passion for music and those two combined have um, given me a very rich, um, diverse upbringing in, in music. Um, my mum always used to sort of work extra jobs and stuff so that my sisters and I could do whatever extracurricular things that we wanted to do and, and develop ourselves. And I was always wanting to do something musical. So from about five years old, I was I was playing musical instruments. And I w- my tastes when I first started playing musical instruments was very much big band jazz. So... I was um, learning the likes of Akabilk and, and Glenn Miller and all sorts of things like that. Um, wow. And my dad, yeah, and my dad was into sort of rock and, and mod and punk and ska and hip-hop and all sorts of things. And he was, you know, I had his whole plethora of old music from the 60s onwards, but also he was he was the, the sort of guy that every month with his paycheck he'd go down the local CD store and, and find out what was coming out and he'd be bringing all the new stuff from... Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers and Cypress Hill and Prodigy and things like that back into the house. So, yeah, I had an incredibly rich upbringing musically. So you were surrounded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's amazing. They must be so proud of you. I I hope so. I really hope I'm making them proud. Oh, I know they are. I mean, come on. They're they're probably fighting over the credit. (laughs) Like I want, she takes after me. No, no, she takes after me. <laughs> hey, so um, you had another stint, and and what took you so long? Five years old. I mean, you're such a late bloomer, but you're forgiven. So um, you had various musical projects, like Second Sense, and um, and so t- you want to talk a little bit about that project? Um, yeah, I mean, I spent my bassist at the moment is actually somebody that I've been working with for 10 years. Um, I'm still incredibly good friends with the guitarist who, um, we've been, we went through a lot together. We, we formed this band in sort of 2002, 2003. Um, and we had a good eight year stretch um, being in that band and, and playing oh. some really big crowds. It was around the time that MySpace was very much in the forefront and we had a really good crowd on MySpace that would come along and watch all of our gigs and things. Unfortunately, we, we made the wrong decision with one particular contract and it it didn't do us any favours. I won't go into it too much. I don't, I don't feel it necessary. But um, needless to say, we learned a lot about um, legal proceedings in the music industry, um, and yeah, isn't that how, awful? Do you have to how, even deal with that? <laughs> it is, yeah. but you know, you know. Um, at the end of the day, I think had it not gone sour, I wouldn't be doing music right now that I really, really feel that I'm passionate about. I wouldn't right. have been able to craft the sound that I'm doing now, um, and equally, I wouldn't have that plethora of knowledge that has come off the back of of working with a band that was together for eight years understanding how to you know form relationships and friendships in a unit that that lasts for that long and you know all of the legal experience and everything else it it, anything shapes you and forms you right Um, so actually there's a lot of blessings I can count from that period and, and even the split up yeah, so there's it, it's always a lesson, and you always end up in the place where you're meant to be, it seems. So, hey, exactly. let's take a listen to Teddy. Teddy. 
So I, I, I have to ask you why you're so shy and timid. Like, what's what's the problem? You got to reach out and be a little bit more. Uh, you know, you got to be more forthcoming with the spirit of what drives that voice of yours. So, so the the horn solo, uh, you know, the trumpet solo followed by the sax solo at the end, yeah. and then your vocal comping was yeah. uh, was incredible. So give us uh, the emotional trail of that song, Millie. Um, okay, so I, I decided that, you know, it, it's it's quite easy to write a song observing somebody. Um, it's a different thing to be that somebody and decide to put yourself in that situation and write a song from the inside. And I decided that, you know, everybody knows somebody that's been over-possessive in a relationship and, and maybe one circumstance or another has pushed you into being that over-possessive person for whatever reason. And so I thought it would be quite interesting to write as that over-possessive character. Right. Um, and it, it, my experience of um, being pushed to that limit is is being in a relationship where somebody was cheating on me. And um, 
it, I didn't have proof, but it, it made me so insecure that it, it, it turned me into a slightly possessive person, not to the extent that's in the song, but certainly just uh, constantly being paranoid about where they were, who they were with and that kind of thing. Um, because I was young and, and didn't know how to cope with that kind of a relationship. Right. Um, and I wanted to, to sort of create some of that emotion, some of those things that you're feeling when you're trying to reel that, that back in for whatever reason, but also um, kind of channel that you know that you're damaging that 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 relationship by being possessive you know that you're hurting the other person by being over possessive and you're probably pushing them away further and possibly even you know damaging them for a future relationship and it, sometimes you have no control over that and it, it becomes this vicious cycle and and you do lose control oh so so ways. let me ask it so you feel like okay because of your insecurities you felt yeah. like your behavior was was affecting them for future relationships yeah absolutely i mean in, in well, the same way that you. in the same way that my, their their behaviors were were affecting me and did for a very long time affect me um but you know that's the same with any any relationship that's destructive uh, whether it's towards you or towards them if there's any kind of destruction it, it affects you both one way or the other um, and so, yeah, I wanted I wanted that kind of emotion to come out in it. The fact that you know that popping of the teddy because you're holding so tight onto something and you're loving it in this really possessive way. Right. Um, it's a it's a damaging thought process. It's a ja damaging emotion. And yeah, so I wanted that kind of psychotic, um, crazy to come out in the song as well. And, well, you got uh, me. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. You got Thank me, you. girl. Yeah, it was great. Um, so, do you feel like that experience? Um, propelled you along in your evolution your personal evolution oh yeah absolutely yeah. i mean it's the same with, with um any experience I, I fully believe that not all experiences are necessarily meant to happen but any experience that you have and you get through um you can you can make the choice to use it for the good and learn from it and um, grow yourself out of those experiences and you'll end up in the place that you're supposed to be and it's the same whether it's a relationship or a business relationship or anything else um so yeah I, I think that it's it's definitely helped me to grow as a person and and um hopefully be better in relationships and and deal with things that are damaging towards me better in relationships and all the rest of it right Right. Hey, can we talk about gigs a little bit? Like, what's your favorite thing going on now? Are you gigging out? And with your music, where is, like, the sweet spot for you to get? It sounds like hot clubs are for you, or do you like big shows? Like, what's um, what's your favorite uh, place for your music? Do you know what? Um, I think every gig that I play has got its merits. We did, um, Musa, my guitarist and I did a, a, a tiny little gig in a 40 capacity cafe last night. Um, just an acoustic set for a, a charity called Taylor made jeans. And you know, the, it was rammed out, but people weren't seated and, and you know, they all, they all really enjoyed it and we had a great response from it. But having a really intimate gig where you can see everybody's faces, you can see their reactions and, that kind of thing is beautiful. Being in a, a, a packed out venue that's from front to back with people jumping up and down and waving their arms about and getting sweaty and beer soaked is a massive adrenaline rush, as you can imagine. Um, so, so you're completely different. 
Oh, okay. So, so the sweating thing is not the the stripped down version. That's the the whole no. big band so, thing. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Being okay. in a band. So, if you've got two, you've got those two kind of things. You've got like a little stripped down acoustic set that's going to be very intimate and sort of a, a different level of appreciation. People can hear your lyrics and uh, a lot better and you know absorb the atmosphere of that being a chilled out setting and that was lovely but on saturday night it was the full band and we were in norfolk a place called the ban and barrel and it was just absolutely rammed and and jumping up and down and you know beer flying everywhere and people <laughs> skanking and you know that that kind of atmosphere is equally amazing but yeah. for completely different reasons you've got adrenaline pumping in your chest and it's making you go harder and bounce harder on stage and you know it's a different kind of focus. I just, I love playing music and I, I love, um, I love giving back to the audience and seeing them having a good time because of what we've created. Um, so for me, I, I, I think we've never played to, to more than, I don't know, a few hundred people. So I can't, I can't tell you what it's like to stand on stage in front of thousands of people at a festival or something. Hopefully one day I will be able to tell you that. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's too far off and coming. <laughs> and, um, uh, and also you. you seem like, um, I can tell by listening to you, you're a very skilled uh, vocalist. So, um, so just the transition between the two venues, you know, the soft, intimate, and the loud, rocking, wild, and woolly west. So uh -huh. you do you take different ideas as you, I'm sure you, you adapt your performances to each room yeah. and each venue uh, appropriately, but do you take like different ideas back and go, wow, this has never occurred to me if, uh, that I'm singing this, you know, so soft here, maybe there's a place I can take this in my next work um no not really i i, I don't think i, I really come from, I, to be honest it's not something that's ever really crossed my mind it's more that um when i'm on stage and it's an acoustic set it, it feels different and so you perform because of the way you're feeling and that's that's how you end up performing it's it's an atmosphere thing that kind of affects how you're going to perform as as opposed to you sitting there going oh maybe i could do it like this right right um some of the th songs that we do full band especially from the the new ep obsession transgression they they are going to take a lot more development to bring them down to acoustic yeah for sure um whereas well, cause the arrangements songs, are so rich you know yeah, like with all yeah. the horns and and everything uh yeah i i appreciate all of the the work that went into these songs because um it it, it tells and it cuts it cuts across beautifully thank you yeah so thank i think so it's much. time for uh it's time for bacchus why don't we give bacchus a shot here <laughs> yeah <laughs>
and melting clothing soaked in hormones raging all you know is your indulgence just a slave to your illusion twisted in your mask and melting clothing soaked in hormones raging all you know is your indulgence just a slave to your addiction your feet hurt so you have another drink too scared to talk so you have another drink the god of wine back this has put you in a train you know it but you block it and you have another drink your feet hurt so you have another drink Too scared to talk, so you have another drink The God of wine back, this has put you in its chains You know it, but you're blocked and you have another drink You have another drink Wow, so this is a great track, Millie. Um, Thank you. Yeah, Bacchus, hey, a wonderful ode to the god of wine. Tell us how you came up with this whole idea. This is really cool. Um, so this one was actually inspired. I was, um, at, I'm at university and, and in my first... It was my first experience of going to like one of these university do's and um, being a bit older than a lot of the students that are there, it was interesting to be able to sort of take a back seat and observe and I saw myself in a lot of it as well but like they, these kids sort of running around getting absolutely wasted, um, <laughs> you know, makeup running down faces, people crying in corners, um, trying to snog each other's faces off, well, so- high heeled high-heeled shoes being strewn across the floor, you know, that kind of thing. And so what's going on with this? I mean, why was this happening? Was this some event or is this like, is this a yeah. normal class situation? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> it was, um, it was a, a gig. It was, it was in the, the main venue of the university. Okay. It, it was a live show and it was um, a, sort of a, a nightclub type scenario mm-hmm. after the live music finished. And it was great fun and everything. But it, again, it was... Um, this this sort of a reminder of um the dark side of things and I, I really like to explore that kind of thing the other side of it yeah you're having fun when you're drunk and stuff but why do you have that shot you know I remember being in in high heels and um my feet would hurt it'd be killing me and so my idea was I'll have another shot so my feet don't hurt so much the more drunk I get the less pain I feel brilliant right you know um or if uh, if there was a guy that I thought was particularly beautiful and uh, I was far too scared to talk to them. I'd, I'd have another drink. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be all right. I'll have some more confidence. Let's go with this. Right, um, right. And so it's kind of um, a poke at the sort of, it's not taking away from the fun of drinking, but it's also putting a reminder out there that perhaps there, there's things that drinking shouldn't be used for and can be quite dangerous. Because um, 
I've 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 been in a situation where I've used sort of drink as a crutch, um, not not just when you're out, but also when you're at home and you're dealing with um, with things that you don't you don't really you're not handling very well, and you sort of reach for the bottle of wine. Right. Um, and so it's a yeah, distraction, I, you know. It, yeah, it's a yeah, it's very much a distraction, but it can be a very dangerous one right. to to slip into as a habit. And I just wanted to sort of breach that boundary there between the the fun of it but also that that darker side and that that's where the inspiration from backers came yeah yeah as, as a very young man in the clubs i used to i used to have a few beers and then one day i just said you know this is taken away from the, the fun and i just i never did it again it's like what i have a i have a rule when i perform i don't drink period and it's like it's so enhanced because yeah your nerves are so like like you're like ready to capture every nuance of energy. Mm -hmm. And so for those of you out there who haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> Look, but, you, but, could, you could drink like all, all day, all the time, but don't do it when you're on stage. You're missing something, you know? Yeah, there is that. But also I, I, I find that if I, I don't drink before I go on stage, I'll often be incredibly nervous. So, so, so yes, do that, but be warned that you may have to find some sort of inner zen. Yes, inner zen is do. good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I understand uh, you were influenced by Joe Strummer. Is that no. true or no? No, no. no. Uh, that was, um, I think that's a, a review that somebody did that, that said that they could hear Joe Strummer, which is, oh, you know. okay. Oh, you're right. An inc incredible compliment. Yeah. Um, but no, it wasn't something that I, I went out of my way to go and listen to. Right. So uh, outside of your outside of your early influences with your dad and your mom and everything, like like where did you draw most of your you know your influences from, Millie? Like how did you build uh, you know the Millie Manders uh, personality that is today as far as you know like it's just a little here and a little there what what was it all about you think um i don't think i've really done anything to create the millie manders um that's here today i think that's that's just personal experience that's done that but certainly musically um vocally there are several people that have have influenced my style um i'm classically trained but my my heroine's really a skin from skunk and nancy Gwen Stefani um, and Aretha Franklin. Wow! I think all of those people—they're they're such strong, huge voices and so completely unique—and and that's something that I really hold very dear. That they've got such diverse technique to their vocals, but they all have this instantly recognizable, beautiful tone. And and I would hope that um, as time goes on, I I might be able to have that sort of unique. Oh, that's Millie Manders that you can hear. You know that kind of thing. Well, I, I think you got that. You got that going on right now. I mean, it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Your branding and your voice is a huge part of that branding, right? I mean, yeah. so so I think it's uh, it's um, time that we play another one. Let's play Long Gone. What do you say? <laughs> cool. It takes just to make even keep all the problems I'm in take just to scrape just to make all the money for him Hate what you take, lose your faith, try to keep it But it's long gone Crying if he sees you'll be begging on your knees Questioning it in your head, is it your fault like he said Now you're turning on your heel, liar stronger than you feel Could you be long gone?
So awesome. I love the guitar chops in this one. This is great. Who's on this again with you? Your guitar player? Um, no, actually, the guitarist on that track is um, Chris Benning, who's, who's one of the co-writers. Oh, nice. Really nice. Yeah. I love his uh, his approach from uh, super delicate funky to uh, just blowing it out of the water on the on the chorus. I think well, that's oh, yeah, great. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, fantastic. Hey, I love your... Um, there's a photo I have of you here and you're wearing the cool boots and you're in front of this like 50 style jukebox. Yes. With um and you have these pants on that are the exact pajama pants that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> the only difference is the color. We're wearing the same pants, Millie. It was meant to be. <laughs> Where was that taken? That's a great shot. Um, that's taken at a place called Walker's Bar, uh, St. James, which is near Green Park Station in the centre of London. Um, and it's run by a gentleman called Matt Knox, who is a huge fan of old school ska and, and two-tone punk and, punk and things. And he's got lots of um, art for work from people like Horace Panter, who's the bassist of the specials. And he's got lots of retro memorabilia. And, and that jukebox is one of them. Um, so he kindly let me use his venue for a photo shoot and I had the launch of the EP at his venue too. That's great. I, I love the way the lighting is coming off the jukebox and lighting your face that way. It's a really, really effective uh, and very flattering uh, photograph. It's great. Hey, um, let me ask you about what do you like to do outside of music? I get the feeling you're not on a bowling team. No. No, um, I didn't think so. <laughs> you don't go down to the Elks Lodge and play cards on Friday nights? No. No, I didn't think that either. <laughs> so, so, so do you have time for anything else in your life, or are you just music all the time? At the moment, I don't, but that's because I'm in my final term of university, and um, right. at the moment, we're, we're planning a tour for next year, and we're in the process of booking up our, our summer festival dates and all of that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm really concentrating on my dissertation at the moment because um, I'm studying music management. Oh, is um, that, I was going to ask you, what are you taking? Yeah. So music management, are you finding it totally captivating? Oh, yeah. I mean, this whole three years has been such a blessing in terms of the, the kind of knowledge that I've been able to pull from it and practically apply to my own music. It's really important to understand that your business, the business you're going into as an artist. And so, yeah, I've loved every minute of it and I'm still learning every day. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic experience to be going through. Um, from January onwards, though, um, I'll have a little bit more free time and I expect... Um, the things I love doing that aren't music orientated is is just things like going to the gym, um, or or 
taking a walk outside and right. I love being in the fresh air. I love going and, and having long walks in parks and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, for me, my downtime, my relaxation time is either getting fit or experiencing the outdoors. Um, but nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm doing something that's musically orientated, whether it's going to see a friend's band or writing another song or playing with my band. That That's pretty much what my life revolves around. So Right. Yeah, I can tell you, you take good care of yourself. And it's so important, you know, I mean, being in a, a singer like that and a performer, it's it's similar to being an athlete and people don't, you know, should really take that seriously. Hey, as we're winding down here, this very, very fast interview, Millie, um, you got a lot to look forward to. Can you please just share with us best way for fans to connect to you and get a hold of your music for your EP and, and all of your work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a website. It's www.millimanders.co.uk. At the bottom of that page, you'll find links to my SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and you can buy the new EP on our web store on CD at any gig that you see us at on CD. You'll be able to download it from all of the usual places, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon. Um, you can stream it on Spotify and SoundCloud. So you can pretty much com consume my music in any way you see fit. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. And all this will be in the show notes, folks. You can just click on the show and everything will be there for your uh for your entertainment from Millie. Millie, thank you so much today for, um, I was so happy I found you. I think I found you on uh, actually Reverb Nation and I'm so glad I connected with you and I love your music and uh, it was delightful hanging with you today on the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you so much for having me on board. It's been, it's been lovely chatting to you. You're an absolute love. Well, there's a first time for everything. That's the first time I've ever been called an absolute love. I dig it. And you know, from now on, the rest of my life, every time I see a teddy bear, I will be thinking of Millie. <laughs> I hope you guys dug that show. I really did. Obsession Transgression. It's uh, the best of cross-genre punk. She's pretty awesome. Teddy, Bacchus, and Long Gone. Please support and check out Millie Manders in the show notes. Hey, tune in on Wednesday, February 3rd with Naela, a world traveler and a fine artist who hails from everywhere. And swing over to dharmicevolution.com. Check out all the content on the site. If you've been on this show, you're on that site. And check out my coaching page. If you're a podcaster new to the space or thinking of becoming one, I can take you down that trail and help you with that. Just email me at kevin at dharmicevolution.com. There's also videos, photos, conversations, music downloads, and links to all of my past guests. Don't forget, the downloads are free. However, the content, it's priceless. That's it for me today. Hope you guys had a great time. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, or I'll see you from the stage.
Hey, let's do it. 